Now, insurance payouts as a result of Cyclone Gabrielle were, of course, huge. To tell us just how big they were, we're joined now in our Wellington studio by the Insurance Council of New Zealand's Chief Executive, Tim Grafton. Uh, Kia ora, good morning, Tim. How big were those payouts? Uh, kia ora, Ingrid. Uh, so uh, we're expecting uh, the payouts to be in the order from both Auckland Anniversary Weekend and uh, Gabrielle in the order of close to $4 billion New Zealand dollars. Um, we're over 115,000 claims and uh, we were just under 90% completed um, round about uh, the end of November. Now we'd be sort of 90 to 94% through. Okay, so still what, 6% of people with outstanding claims still waiting for, for money? Yeah, there will be. Uh, so uh, the nature of those tend to be ones that are land claims uh, or ones where people are still un, uh, <coughs> undecided or unaware of whether they're in Category 2 or Category 3, that is the voluntary buyout or where property needs to be uh, mitigated. Uh, and so that that process uh, hopefully will be completed uh, over the next few months. What lessons have been learned by well, by consumers and by the industry about how, if we are underinsured, what what we can do better in in terms of insuring against these kind of events? Oh well, <coughs> there's lots of lessons uh, out of these. Uh, I mean, certainly for consumers, ensuring that you have got the right level of insurance for your property is really important. I think there really needs to be some clarity or uncertainty for people around a uh, consistent expectations of the support that they can get after a major event. Uh, that's uh, you know what, after these events, uh, some people who are insured were treated the same as those who are uninsured. Uh, it, it depends where you lived in the country as to uh, whether you got uh, the same level of uh, 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 treatment. So uh, more greater consistency and clarity for the, for the future for people. Uh, I think. Uh, also really important after an event that insurers are given access to data and information so we can prioritise and deploy our resources to those people who most need it and and to continue to provide us with information uh, so that uh, we can uh, move to to settle people. Uh, A lot of the things these days uh, we uh, may be held up from, you know, privacy considerations uh, and the like Uh, and really after a disaster people just want to be prioritised and settled and not have uh, those kinds of uh, considerations getting in the way. Mm. Just finally, uh, what about you know managed retreat in terms of where we are still building? Is enough being done to make sure, I think you've said in the past, to, to stop us building from dumb, not building in dumb places? Well, uh, there was uh, some consultation at the end of the last year f- uh, from uh, the Ministry for the Environment around uh, having a national policy statement on nat- natural hazard decision making. So basically that was to ask councils or require councils to where there's new development uh, to consider where there's intolerable risk to life and future, where it's just not going to be possible to uh, um, have the capacity to recover in those areas, so don't build there, uh, and then 
look at areas of moderate risk and what can be done to mitigate that risk. We need to look ahead decades to think of what climate change might impact on those properties in the years to come uh, and ensure that we're building uh, for that level of resilience. So those are the things. Uh, um, I, I think if we look forward, then we've got to have a cross-sectoral uh, view of reducing risk. Uh, uh, basically, we, we need to have the right governance structure in place that is the uh, whatever comes out of a new uh, replaced RMA needs to be addressing those issues. We need to be thinking if we're providing loans to properties that are being built in areas, whether there's levels sufficient levels of resilience uh, to match those loans. Uh, we need to be thinking about having uh, data available from the science community that's freely available to make those good uh, informed decisions about where we build. Uh, all of these things are, are really important, but the reality is most of the development in the next uh, decade will occur in areas where development has already occurred uh, and so we need to be thinking about that. I think in Auckland there were 2,200 properties uh, consented in the last 12 months in floodplain areas. Yeah, no, that's right. Okay, hey, thank you very much for your time this morning. That's Tim Grafton from the Insurance Council of New Zealand.